Welcome to Radiant Alchemy with Sakara Ray. Take a little break and join me for a short little while while we contemplate ways that we can make our lives easier and more joyful and live more authentically in our life's purpose. Let's get started. Happy Tuesday, dear ones. I'm really excited about today. We're going to do something a little bit different. So normally I sort of have a list of things in advance that I know I want to talk about or I'll record things a couple weeks out in case I have a week that I feel stuck or nothing really comes to mind. But I decided what I'd like to do a couple times a year is just address some of the questions that I get. So as the podcast started to gain some traction, People would send me emails or Facebook messages or even get in touch with me through Instagram and give me either feedback or questions based on the podcasts. And so I went back through some of them. What I had started doing was responding to people individually, but as this gains more traction and attention, I'm not going to always be able to respond to every single person. So I went back through and pulled some of the really good questions and even though I've already responded to these people personally, I really liked the questions and thought it was a nice variety. So I'm going to pick um, three, I think, today to go through. And I'm not going to read you the entire message um, that people responded to. I just sort of picked a sentence or two that captured the essence of what they were asking. And um, part of this is just to respect their privacy and not to be putting things out there that, um, you know, may feel personal, but I think to be able to pull some context out that may be relatable to people uh, is helpful. So let's go through a couple of them. So one of the emails I got after the Quality Quantity Time podcast, if you remember, that was me referencing our life kind of being like a peace sign where we have you know, if we didn't have that little middle line, so sort of three equal parts where we need to give each one attention, equal attention, and we often try to bypass one and just focus on two. So this resonated with Andrea, who sent me an inquiry about um, wanting to go back to school later in life, but not feeling like she, number one, had the funds to afford furthering her education and number two feeling like maybe she really didn't have the time to invest or it wouldn't be worthwhile for her to invest in going back to school. So Andrea I think it's a great question and I truthfully was not at all surprised to get that inquiry because it is probably one of the most common things that I work with people on in coaching sessions outside of maybe body image and self-love, I would say that concept of feeling like you don't have enough time or not wanting to take a risk in life is such a common thread that we all carry with us. So to this, I would say two things. Um, which is what you will hear me say if you do a coaching session with me. You're going to hear this a lot. Number one, as long as you're breathing, there is still time. 
So there's no reason to be putting a limitation on yourself. Who cares if you start over in five years or 10 years or 15 years? If you're pursuing something that really ignites your passion and that really gives you joy, then you absolutely should do it. Don't let any other person's opinion or society's standards or anything like that deter you from pursuing a dream. So you may not have as long of a career as someone who say, you know, does something in their very early 20s or goes right through to get their PhD and just spends a prolonged time in academia. But there's no reason that you should delay or not pursue doing something that has meaning to you. In terms of affordability, there are so many grants and loans for women, um, anything you can think of, women that are over 50 or 55, um, single mothers, women who um, you know, were victims of domestic violence, um, there are grants for women for almost anything that you can think of, scholarships, loans, things of that nature. It just takes a simple Google search and then make yourself a little list and then start putting it out there and seeing what's available. The second thing is when you're thinking about affordability, you're really investing in yourself. You're investing in yourself and your joy and following your bliss so it's not wasted money. You know, we don't think about how much money, well, I mean, we do, but we just assume that it's part of life, that, you know, we're going to have to buy a new car, we're going to have to get a new roof or upgrade our wardrobe or things like that. And we just roll with that as things that happen in life that we need to adjust for and changes of heart and evolutions of spirit are also things that we need to adjust for not just emotionally and physically but also financially so I want to encourage you to please follow your dream and one of the things that I often tell people when they're talking about that so I had worked with someone a couple of years ago that really wanted to get their master's degree but you know school has become so astronomically expensive that I certainly understand the justification of not wanting to sink 40 grand into a couple more years of school. You don't want to take on that debt. But here's the thing. The person that I was working with was only making maybe about 25 grand a year. And getting a master's degree would most certainly double this person's earning potential. So yes, you might have to invest 40 grand in a master's degree, but if you're now making 50 grand a year versus 25 grand a year, do the math. It doesn't take long to make that up where if you don't invest in that master's degree and you stay at the level you are earning 25 grand a year, think of all of the income that you're losing if you add that up over 10 years or 15 years or 20 years by not investing that money into yourself and into furthering your education and your experience and your marketability. So a lot of this is just adjusting how, how we think. But that was a great question, Andrea. And again, there are no shortcuts. So 
You have to have those three things equally, quality, quantity, and time. Invest in yourself, believe in yourself, don't look for a shortcut and just go for it. So wonderful question. Thank you for that. Okay, our next question um, was from the Invisible Illness podcast. And as you know, this one strikes a chord in my heart as someone that has a chronic illness. So Carrie sent me an email and said, thank you for this podcast. I feel alone and like no one understands, but your podcast really helped me. How can I manage the really hard days? And I think that I had addressed this a little bit in the podcast, but Carrie and anyone else out there listening, I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. You know that I'm not a huge fan of technology. Um, maybe not technology, but sort of the age that we live in of social media and sort of all of the nonsense that's out there. But I will say that the internet is a wonderful source for connecting people. So one of the best things you can do is find a support group. And if where you live does not have a support group, then you 100% can find an online support group. It's not the same as being in person and connecting with people in person, but boy, is it helpful to wake up in the morning and go, oh my God, I can't get through this day, and to just fire something off into, um, you know, like even a closed Facebook group where it's not going to show up on your feed, it's only going to show up within that group. And just having the support of people that say, I understand, hang in there, you're going to get through it, I've been there, take good care of yourself, don't worry about it make your own self-care a priority today, that kind of stuff can be invaluable. So I would encourage you to do that, um, to find some kind of online support group. And actually, I'm going to get online here for a quick second and see if I can find, there was something that I wrote for myself when I was really having a hard time. Um, I was just having such a rotten day, and so I sort of decided to quiet down and tune in and ask for God, the angels, that greater wisdom to sort of speak to me and tell me what it was I needed to know and what it was I needed to do. Because, you know, sometimes when we're feeling so awful, we can't get out of our own way. We can't sort of silence um, the noise in our head and uh, we sort of second guess our bodies because we have this difficult relationship with our bodies. So I'm going to see if I can find it. I know I posted it quite a while ago, so just bear with me for a minute or two here. Um, but you know, the other thing as I'm looking that I would encourage Carrie and anyone else to do would be to not be afraid to ask for help. One of the most freeing things that I did um, once I really decided to acknowledge and own my illness was to start being authentic, to stop pretending that I, you know, didn't feel well or that I was struggling or that I was suffering and to just be really, really honest. There's something really freeing about letting that wall fall down and just allowing yourself to be exactly as you are. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it's extremely painful in the beginning, but, um, really, really was a freeing experience for me to just go, hey, I can't do this anymore. I don't feel well a lot of the time, more times than are even maybe 
realistic or understandable, but this is the reality of my existence. And if you love me, then check in on me, you know, let me know you still care. Um, just being open and honest and authentic about that experience. So, um, you know, and I'm really having a hard time finding it. So I think what I'm going to do is maybe just move on to the next question. And if I can find it, I know I posted it on my Sheeler Facebook page quite a while ago. It was sometime this year, but I'm having a tough time locating it. So, um, ah, and there it is, just as I'm ready to give up, of course. So, uh, so this was a, a little list that I had written for myself, but I decided to share it on my Facebook page. So I wrote, Dear Ones, during a tough day, I created this list for myself as a way to stay encouraged and to offer kindness rather than judgment towards myself. I hope it helps, uplifts, and inspires you on a hard day. So I wrote on a piece of paper in huge capital letters, what can I do to feel better? And so here's my list. And I edited it a little bit because I always try to be as broad and umbrella-like as possible. So I left um, a lot of spiritual things out because I didn't want to um, offend, not offend anyone, but have anyone feel eliminated or isolated. So there are some spiritual things that I kept for myself on the piece of paper. But for Facebook, I, I tried to make it a little more open. So what can I do to feel better? Be honest about how I feel. Listen to my body. Check in with my healthcare practitioners. You know, if you have an invisible illness, you really need a team. So I have a primary care, I have a specialist, I have a dietitian, I have a health coach, I have a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a massage therapist. Um, you need to tap into any and all of those resources. Next. Eat healthy, nourishing, easy to digest foods. Stay on my meds and supplements. Manage my stress. Cry, read, meditate, or rest. Try supplemental therapies like body or energy work, which I already mentioned. Sleep more. Ask for help. Try gentle movements like yoga and tai chi. Seek support from others who get it. Be nice to myself. No blame or judgment. Pray and welcome healing miracles. Research and educate myself to work with this illness better. Smile and laugh as much as possible. Get lots of hugs. And most importantly, keep trying. Carrie, keep trying. When you give up hope, things get dark very quickly. Keep trying. So wonderful question. Thank you for reaching out and for being honest and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Okay, I think we maybe have time for one more. So, yes. So this one was from the Good Karma, which was just a couple of weeks ago. And this is from Pam. So Pam, I applaud you for being honest because it's not always easy. So Pam messaged me, being kind sometimes feels inauthentic. Can you tell me how to get to a place of authenticity? Boy, does that resonate with an incredible amount of self-awareness. You are uh, a spectacular human, Pam, because <laughs> a lot of people aren't willing to go there and admit that. And, you know, I think that that's 
true for a lot of people, whether they're willing to acknowledge that or not. I think um, you even find that in religion quite a bit. I think people are not going to church and worshiping God out of a place of love and authenticity, but out of a fear of consequences. And the same is certainly true for good karma. So we might do something for someone not because we really want to do it, but because we're either afraid (laughs) that something might happen if we don't, or because we then want something for ourselves. So really we're doing something because we want something and not because we want to be helpful or be of good service. And it's not an uncommon thing. Um, So again, Pam, I really applaud you for being willing to put that out there. All I can tell you is like anything else, practice makes perfect. Some things will be easier than others. If you see something on the news or on your social media feed, and you get that little pull on your heart where you think, oh my God, what could I do? Start from that place. When you feel that little tug, don't don't deny it. Don't push it down. Don't ignore it. Start from that place because that is sort of your karmic center asking you to take action. Um, doing something, you know, I know, I, I don't think they really do them much anymore, but I know back in the day, you know, my mother would go to Tupperware parties and pampered chef parties and all of those things where ladies were hosting things in each other's living rooms. And she kind of grew weary of them because she never felt like she could go to it and not buy something. So she wanted to go and be supportive and connect with other ladies, but didn't necessarily want to have to put out money for something that she didn't entirely want. Um, But she would do it. And it was a very half-hearted thing. I still think that was generating good karma, but... um, I would say starting with the things that really resonate with you that you feel pulled towards is the best place. Um, And again, secondly, practice makes perfect. So even if at first you're doing it because you either want a reward or because you don't want something bad to happen to you or because you're afraid of being judged or isolated, that's okay. Start there and try to tell yourself that you are doing it with a loving, giving heart. And rather than focusing on how you're feeling about it, start to think about the joy and the blessings and the positive impact that you're having when you're doing an offer of kindness, whether it's something as large as donating money or time or something as simple as just giving a little compliment or um, smiling at someone. And one of the best ways to practice this is, you know, at family gatherings or family holidays there's um there's someone that is a close uh friend of someone in my family who has always rubbed me the wrong way but I make a point to sit and talk with this person and to look at them and to hear them and to connect with them because it's important for me to understand them and also because I'm able to then see that this is actually a really lonely person and some of that abrasiveness is um, a way of protecting themselves because they do feel lonely and unseen and unheard. So um, when I think about it more from coming from the place of I'm letting this person know that they are seen and heard and that someone does care about listening to them for a few minutes. It's not about me and how I'm feeling in the situation. It's about 
how it's benefiting them, that enables me to do an act of good karma that I maybe don't really want to do or don't feel inclined to do. And you know, the more that you do that, the more that you practice it, the easier it becomes. And with time, you'll find that you actually will want to do the things that at first didn't feel so natural or didn't feel desirable. And, you know, it's it's the same thing as exercise. We're exercising our karmic reflexes. We're exercising our heart muscles. Just like nobody wants to get up and go running at 5 in the morning. But if you got up and you ran at 5 in the morning every day for a month, if you took a week off, you'd probably miss it. And you'd probably think, huh, I'd kind of like to go running again. So exercise your heart muscle and just put a little effort in and give it some time to become natural and to feel normal and authentic. It will happen. So um, thank you, Pam. That was wonderful. I think that's all we'll get to today because it looks like we're pretty much at time. So I um, wish you all a wonderful, happy, blessed Tuesday. Please feel free to keep emailing me with your questions and your comments. Um, I would love to feature them on another show. Like I said, I'm going to try to do these a couple times a year. Um, Yeah, would love to hear from you. So we'll connect next week. In the meantime, enjoy this luscious, gorgeous spring weather. All right, till next time, dear ones. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Sakara Ray and Sheeler or get in touch with me, please go to my website, www.sheeler.net, or send me an email at ray at Hope to hear from you soon.